Welcome to The Naked Truth, real talk about West Coast Swing. My name is Eric, and in today's episode, I'm sharing not one, but two conversations with dance professionals about how they are responding to the coronavirus pandemic. Before I do, I want to thank again those of you who have sent in your stories for the podcast. As a reminder, you can submit your pandemic experience to the show by leaving me a voice message on my Google Voice account at 1-510-545-3173, or by going to thenakedtruthwcs.com slash COVID to send me a written message. Whether you leave a voicemail or send me a message, please tell me your name, your location, what your situation is, how you're feeling, and how you're managing your relationship with dance during this period. I'd like to share another story I received last week from one of my former students in the San Francisco Bay Area, Chuan Zeng Li, also known as CZ. Those of you in Europe might know CZ from his time in France last summer. Here's what CZ had to say about his experience. The Bay Area went into shelter-in-place on March 17th. I thought about going home to New Zealand, but decided against it. I'm staying in my apartment near Stanford, where I'm a graduate student, with my roommate, who isn't a dancer. I'm a teaching assistant for a large undergraduate course, and my research is theoretical, so for both roles, I'm working remotely. The first couple of weeks were okay, the third week got a little harder, and now, having had no real contact with people for so long, starting to get to me. Teaching and research are keeping me busier than usual, which is both good, in that I've had no shortage of things to do, and bad, since it's now without the moderating effect that dance and commuting had on my work life. Like you, my first worry was All-Star Swing Jam. I had volunteered to help with floor setup, which meant I wasn't financially committed, but also meant I really felt like I couldn't bail on the organizers. So I remained prepared to go. I didn't mind, it was what I signed up for, but I have to admit, I was relieved as well as sad to hear it was cancelled. Once the shelter-in-place orders started, I sat in admiration of all our pros rapidly springing up classes online and my friends who were taking part, but I wasn't dying to join in that early on. Perhaps I was adjusting to the new lifestyle. Partly I wasn't sure what I'd get from virtual classes. Maybe I was quietly hoping it would pass over in a few weeks and I could just use the time on solo movement practice I'd been putting off for a while. I showed up to Mission City Swing weekly classes, but more for community than for learning. It's really just been in the last week or so that I've been thinking more actively about signing up for things. I guess I'll see soon what comes of that. I'll be including other stories in upcoming episodes, so please send in yours. Hopefully hearing other stories will help us all feel a little less alone during this time and maybe help us find new ways to cope and adapt. Today's episode features interviews with two champion-level dancers who are adapting to the time. Alyssa Glanville and Christopher Dumond are both incredibly talented, creative, and thoughtful dancers who are leveraging Patreon to showcase their art and engage and educate others in our community. If you don't know who Alyssa Glanville is, well, you must not have been dancing for very long, or perhaps you missed our interview with Alyssa last summer. Alyssa is known for her big smiles, her love of the dance, and her dynamic and musical dancing. She has been striking out on her own more recently with great success as a competitor, an instructor, and a DJ. She is very social media savvy, applying her degree in communications to build her online presence. We chatted with her about that in our previous interview. And she has been equally strategic in her utilization of Patreon. I sat down with Alyssa to see how she's doing and what she's been up to during the shutdown in the Bay Area and how she is supporting herself and engaging with her fellow dancers through Patreon. Here now is my conversation with the lovely Alyssa Glanville. (music) 
Alyssa Glanville. Welcome back to The Naked Truth. Thanks so much for sitting down with me. I know the circumstances could be better, but still good to see slash talk to you. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> this is wonderful. I'm glad we have technology to to do this in a different way, but it's, it's great. Yeah. So how are you doing um, with everything that's going on right now? I'm pretty, pretty good slash mostly okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I definitely had like my little mini breakdowns, uh, especially like the first couple of days I felt like I got this. This is the best. I've got so much time to do all these things. And by like day four, that's when I had my first like I'm sitting on the floor and crying mm-hmm. um, day. But for the most part, like my the way that I work, I'm a hard like Enneagram type seven. And so it means I, I fill time. I fill whatever free time I have with something, usually some form of art. And and it's been really it's been mostly enjoyable to to go outside of my normal my normal art, which is dance. Um, I've been painting and cooking and doing a lot more of of that, which I never had time for it before mm-hmm. um, in addition to dancing every day working out every day um, doing some form of work if I can um, and I'm lucky enough to have three leaders here to practice with so I usually have a dance practice with Tim um, and we record it and look it over and and sometimes it's more just like fun social dancing sometimes it's more um, specific focus on things but it's been it's been a wonderful gift because I'm the person who never has any extra time. Like that has been my life has been no free time for anything. I'm always traveling. I'm always on the road. And and so this is um, it's an unfortunate but welcome gift in mm-hmm. a way. Um, something I didn't know I needed and I wish I didn't need it. But <laughs> right. here it is. So well. <laughs> Yeah. So that's interesting to hear that at first you were confident and then it took a few days for it to kind of hit you. Because I feel like a lot of people I talk to, especially professionals, it hits them hard, the kind of oh shit factor, like there go all my contracts. And then they kind of pull themselves together. So I'm curious what your reaction was when dance events started closing. And and what was that moment where it hit you and, and you kind of had that breakdown? Yeah. So I definitely, I got contracts um, just kind of falling out from under me before Shelter in Place started. Mm-hmm. Um, I had one that I was supposed to go teach in Boston for two wonderful people who I love. And it was like the day before Shelter in Place started. Oh, no, it was even before that. Um, and I remember like Boston, I gotten hit pretty hard. And then San Francisco was right behind that. And they were like, well, you can still come if you want. And I was like, I'm not sure about travel. Like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I definitely felt like when, when Shelter in Place happened, um, I was lucky enough to, like, I've been building my Patreon for a while. And I've been creating a lot of content for it for a while. So um, it was a pretty quick switch for me to hop on to, like, okay, now I'm online. And here's how you can find me and support me. Um, and so I pretty much did that the day after shelter in place happened. And so that's why I felt pretty confident in that, like, okay, I can find this other source of income and then we'll figure out life after that. Um, and I think like, I'm also a, an avoider of pain and problems and I solve the problems, but don't let myself feel the problems. 
And that's something I'm working on in my personal life. Um, And so after like the three days of problem solving, then I had to go back and go like, oh, wait, you need to filter through the emotion behind this because it's going to lie dormant there if you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, I think that's where my sitting on the court, the floor crying yeah. came in. Letting it all wash uh-huh. over. Yeah. And I think it's super important to, to feel that like, that's something that I, again, I'm working on in my personal life, but just letting yourself feel the things and being okay, not being okay. Um, and then continuing on. Right. You mentioned that you're busy filling your time with a lot of different activities. In a recent episode, I spoke with Divi Ravindranath about mental health, and he talked about the importance of routine. Do you mm-hmm. have sort of a set daily structure or a weekday yeah. weekend, or how do you structure your time? Um, I don't think there's like a weekday weekend difference currently. Like my weekend was all, always screwed up anyways, because it was like Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, <laughs> but my, my day usually is wake up at like seven, stay in bed till like eight, usually get up and there's a rec center about a half mile away from me that hasn't closed down because they, it's too open air. They can't, um, and usually carry my kettlebell there with Connor and we work out there for like an hour and a half, come back, make breakfast. Um, ideally sit down and write down day goals and plans, um, And like one of the things that's been super useful for me is writing down all the things I want to accomplish that day and specifically things that aren't necessarily productive in the like to do sense, but more of like, oh, I want to spend X amount of time reading for pleasure. And like, I would like to to finish this fun goal. And like, it's been useful in my journaling practice. Um, but yeah, usually there's some dance practice in there and some cooking for, for Connor or me or whatever. And yeah, like having some semblance of a routine, but also allowing flexibility to be a part of it, I think has been important. Yeah, that's really good. So you mentioned that you have been using Patreon and mm-hmm. now is a great time to leverage those kind of online tools and those other sources of income. Tell us a bit about how you're using Patreon and your other social media. Cause the last time we sat down to talk for the show, you shared with us kind of your thoughts around how to use social media productively. What are you doing now? Mm-hmm. Cool. So for Patreon, um, right now I actually have three different tiers. I'm going to make a fourth one, which I'm probably going to be releasing tomorrow or the day after. Um, but based on the, the tier that you purchase, you get access to X amount of content. Mm-hmm. And the higher the price, the greater amount of content you receive. And I actually found this platform. Connor, my boyfriend, was the one who mentioned it um, because it's a platform a lot of artists use um, to get their various content out. Um, and it's been, it's been very useful and like, I'm still discovering new ways to interact with the people that are my patrons. And my goal is to create a community of humans, not just make it about like, I'm a removed entity. Hmm. Um, and it's been, it's been really enjoyable. And for me, because I am a creator, um, and an artist having the, the constant challenge of creation and and how to create new things or more interesting things or x y and z um has been a fun a fun game for me and 
yeah, it's for my my lowest tier. That's five dollars a month, so it's a it's a monthly charge. And that one, you just get a bunch of access to like a plethora of different types of dance videos. Um, so that one does not include teaching, but it includes like a bunch of solo movement videos, partnership videos, um, like freestyle, choreo, footwork, etc. Um, and then the higher tiers will have more, more teaching involved. How do you determine what content to offer? Especially given that there are so many online opportunities right now. I feel yeah. like we're a little saturated. It's very saturated. <laughs> so how yeah. do you distinguish yourself? How do you think about putting out unique content or content that's going to appeal to your patrons? Yeah, that's hard right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I honestly haven't changed much of, of what I put out. I've just altered the, the platform I use. So if you follow me on social media or Instagram or whatever, um, you'll see me post like solo movement videos or like social dance videos. And really it's just a lot more of that. So people who've already followed me on other social media platforms, they already know that that is something that I do and like to do. And ideally it's something they like and support. Um, so it's just a lot more of that. And I, I do like when I first started my Patreon, I reached out to each patron that joined and asked, why did you want to be my patron? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and is there any specific content you're looking for? And I actually am planning on doing another poll because uh, Patreon has this cool thing where you can set up polls and people can vote um, just to like check in with the newer patrons to go like, hey, um, what did you like about this? And what else would you like? Because my, my goal is to cater to those people. Right. Like I want to create stuff and, and, and content that is actually going to be useful for them, specifically useful in this weird ass world we're living in where they don't have a, most people don't have a partner to practice with, right. but uh, keeping people, I think staying connected to people, continuing to communicate with patrons is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, I often, I'm, I'm not super great at responding to Facebook messages. However, my Patreon messages, I'm like, respond right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great. You mentioned that you're not just trying to be somebody who pushes content, but building a community. What is your approach to that? Yeah, so I'm actually really excited about this um, because I, so I live with, currently I'm sheltering in place with my dance partner, Tim Kenny. Uh, my other dance partner, Dylan Luther, who's my roommate as well, and then my boyfriend, Connor McClure. And um, at the very beginning like of Shelter in Place, we were all like, talking dance pretty much all the time. Um, and like I've got a chalkboard wall that Tim has now covered in graphs about dance. <laughs> no surprise uh, there. <laughs> yeah, we nicknamed him the Mad Scientist. Um, <laughs> but like two weeks in, now I'm starting to like, plan my time differently and I would have mostly just Tim coming up and going hey I have this question about dance and like it's really like methodical and analytical and it would take like an hour to talk about and I was like my time is now split differently like the first week it was like all dance and now it's like I'm trying to to balance time a little bit differently Mm -hmm. Um, so we created a system where he has to come up and ask me if my office hours are open if office hours are open, then he can ask the question. Like, mm-hmm. great. If office hours are closed, usually I'll say, you know what? Office hours are closed right now, but like they'll be open at this time later today. And then we'll talk about this. 
Um, and so that actually sparked an idea for my Patreon group. Um, and I'm having weekly office hours. So it's something I just started. I started the poll a couple days ago and it's going to be every Friday. Um, and my patrons get to vote on what or what time of day it's at. Um, just because I have patrons in a variety of time zones. Right. And so I want to make sure it's the best for the most amount of people, ideally. But creating that, and I'm, I'll probably end up doing it through Zoom. So each patron will get a Zoom link that's private. Um, and then for the ones who can't be present during it, then they'll get the recording of it at least. Um, but but creating a setting of, this is not like the fireside chat. This is office hours. I'm, I am teacher. Mm-hmm. Or a student come to me with your problems and questions, right. um, and then goal being to have special guests, primarily the three other humans I live with. <laughs> right. So yeah. you mentioned that you are sheltered in place with three other fantastic human beings and dancers, mm-hmm. and I know that you guys have created kind of your own little brand and thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you talk a little more about what you're doing in terms of? you know, sharing the dancing that you all do. I think it happens mostly on Thursdays, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we've been doing this every Thursday um, called the Babe Cave live stream. Um, and the Babe Cave is actually a name I gave this house uh, years ago. I, our Wi-Fi is called Babe Cave. And it's because we had three girls living here. Um, and it was like the Babe Cave, we're all babes. And then all the girls left. And now all I have is men. <laughs> Um, but we actually got the idea one of the first couple of days, um, into shelter in place, Koichi Sunata, who's a dope DJ, um, he did a live stream DJ playlist and we just started social dancing, the four of us and kind of like switching off partnerships and was really fun. And so I had the idea later that week of like, you know what? I bet people would be interested to watch that. Maybe. And so we created the the live stream. We use a couple different streaming apps, uh, Twitch and Streamlabs. And um, we usually do it for around two hours on Thursdays. Um, and it's really just, it's interactive because we want people to, to chat with us. So we take song requests for a donation of like maybe a dollar. Mm-hmm. And then we also take partnership requests. So if you want to see a particular partnership dance to this song, it's this much money or whatever. And we just take donations. But in reality, we're just like, we're not making like income off of this. It's really just for fun. Right. And I've had a lot of feedback from people just, especially people isolating alone, where they're like, thank you so much. Just thanks for dancing and like laughing and having fun. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's primarily why we're doing it. Yeah. I've noticed that, especially as this goes on and the amount of time away from dancing gets longer that a lot of people mm-hmm. are actually feeling demotivated or even distanced yeah. from dancing itself. Are you noticing that among the people you're working with? And is there anything you're doing that's sort of helping them to stay engaged with dance during this time? Honestly, currently I don't really have any regular private lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, and I totally get why. Right. Like, again, like you said, people are starting to slow down. The The motivation is waning because the realism of when is the next time I'm going to hold someone's hand is mm-hmm. kicking in. Right. Um, so, like, for me, it's really just sharing what I'm doing, sharing my process. And hopefully that is something for someone. Like, 
Um, I'm a big believer of as an artist, I should share my work and not just share the end product, but share the process and hope that is enough for people to go, oh yeah, that is still a thing that we can do. Um, and then for for me, um, one of the videos I'm, or one of the, I guess, concepts I'm trying to work on for patrons is like how to get or how to get started with solo movement and like how to get comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. because a lot of partner dancers are not comfortable with it. So kind of starting that journey for people. Yeah, it's a hard time. Yeah. It's a hard time to stay motivated in an art form when your emotions are not in it. Right. Yeah. I would think solo movement would be easier now, not mm-hmm. given the context, but just because you're not in a class with other people where they may look at yeah. you and judge you. <laughs> like I'm right, at home right. doing this class. <laughs> if I look stupid, right. nobody's going to know. Um, but yes, yeah, certainly the, the inability to apply what you're learning yeah. is really difficult because you're like, I don't know if I'm doing it right. I don't know right. when, when or how I'm going to use this again. So. Right. And for a lot of people, I think it's not even feeling judged by others. Like that's totally an element, mm. um, but it's feeling judged by yourself. Sure. Like that's a huge element to it because you just go like, Oh, this isn't good because we've seen what, what good is. And so we can compare it. Right. Um, but like a big piece of it is just getting your ass off of your bed and just start moving. Mm-hmm. And then whatever like comes from it, it's art. And you're the only one who can say like art is, bad or good or whatever it's yours yeah so given that events are canceled and i Mm -hmm. presume will be canceled my assumption is at least through this year and into next spring which is a long time Mm -hmm. how are you thinking about your own income and your business both through this pandemic but maybe even into the long term has this changed your thinking about how you sustain your own livelihood yeah I've definitely let myself think through pretty much every worst case scenario. Um, Being that like dancing never comes back. Ah, like that is not out of the question. Like, I think that is extreme, but um, I am looking through other like avenues. Um, It's rough because I did not expect an extreme career change right when I was starting to do really well. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that gravity kind of sucked and still sucks. Like that's pretty rough. Um, but I've always been super interested in the human body. I think the body is an amazing creation and I'm working my way through the NASM personal training certificate plan being that whenever things start to open up again, I'll get a job as a PT. That's been an area that I've always been interested in. I'm a huge fitness enthusiast. So it's already a lot of information I'm familiar with or know, just have learned for myself. Um, I'm very comfortable teaching people. One-on-one is where I, where I am most comfortable. So that will be a, a fun avenue for me. Again, it's not something I anticipated. Sure. Having a, a major career change was not my plan. Um, but for sustainability, I think it's important to, to have another plan. Yeah. Absolutely. And if, if dancing comes back and we'll say, we'll say in two years, if dancing comes back, great. Like I've now padded my, my savings. I can save for a house. Like 
I've learned a lot more skills and skills that are useful in in the career that I have currently. Like learning more about the body is great for dancing. Mm-hmm. Um, and and in the meantime, like I can support myself and survive. Yeah, that's good that you're at least channeling and thinking about you know what's next and how to get yeah. through this time. What is your feeling about the impacts of this outbreak on our community at large? It is going to change what our version of normal is. Um, I think people are going to feel very hesitant to be gathered in large groups. I think um, people are going to be a lot more conscientious about hygiene, which is great. Like that is a good thing. Right. I think travel is going to become very different. I think human interaction is going to become very different. There's just so much that is going to change in our world outside of our community that I think is going to be even more extreme within our community because it's a contact sport. Right. But I like, I do think we'll come back, but it's just going to look very different. Yeah. And like you said, some of those changes are positive ones or even changes that we should have made already, you know, we've right <laughs> in the, without coronavirus, we've had plenty of weekends where we're passing around the flu or stomach bug or yeah. something like that, you know, things that we yeah. should be mindful of given that this is high contact, it's high risk for totally. infectious disease. So totally. yes, I hope that some of these changes that are made do stick because they're for our benefit yeah. anyway. Yeah. Well, like even health wise, I was talking with Dylan about this. I've been sleeping probably eight hours a night, which I've probably never done in my life. I have not been sick at all. I've had no health issues, no immunity issues. Body feels great. Like all of these things that don't normally happen because dance events Mm -hmm. or because of my, my unwise balance of time at dance events, maybe like when, and if they start to happen again, that's 100% something I'm bringing back into Mm -hmm. it. Of like, no, I'm going to take more care of my body. I'm going to get outside more. I'm going to sleep more and better. And I think these are all like healthy habits that people can bring back into the dance event mindset. Yeah. I think some of that self-care mindset comes from an inability to do other things. And some of it comes from the stress of the situation we're in where we got to go back to basics and really pay attention to our bodies and how we're feeling and make sure we're okay. So I do think that's a great shift that hopefully others will think about as well. Yeah. So given that things are pretty stressful right now and we don't know (laughs) when exactly or how it's going to end, what gives you hope? Mm. I've spent the most time outside during this pandemic than I have since I was like a little kid. I'm pretty sure. Um, and that's been on like every vision board I ever do. It's like, get outside more. And that's really hard to do when you're at an airport in an airplane at a hotel. Mm -hmm. Um, and so just getting to be out in nature and feel earth under my feet and enjoy sunlight or, or fog or whatever is outside that day has been one of the most refreshing things and just a beautiful change, uh, in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I hope other people are getting the chance to do that too. Here in Minnesota, it's finally, trees are actually starting to bloom. It's very exciting. Yay! No more (laughs) snow. (laughs) 
<laughs> no, for now. I don't know. You never okay. know when it's going to come back in Minnesota. But uh, <laughs> no, it looks like it's going to be in the 60s. So I'm, I'm very excited. And nice. I have to say, it's it's been challenging because I have friends like you and others, and I see you posting online about being outside in California. And I'm oh, no. <laughs> like, oh, man, it's it's been rough. Um, yeah. But there are other things that keep me busy, fortunately. Totally. So, that's, that's good. Yeah. Anyway, well, I'm glad that you are making use of this time and uh, taking care of yourself. Mm. And uh, I'm grateful that you've taken the time to sit down with me and share your experience with our listeners. So thanks so much. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me back. This has been lovely. Yeah, absolutely. Be well, and hopefully we'll talk soon. Thank you. You too. I really appreciate Alyssa's honesty about her experience, the difficulty of coming to grips with all the feelings she had in the wake of this crisis. I also think it's really interesting how she's using Patreon to get people moving, to showcase her art and her process, and to help people to connect to the dance and one another. If you're interested in checking out Alyssa's online offerings, and I strongly encourage you to do so, you can see her upcoming online offerings and events on her website, alyssamarieglanville.com. It's a beautiful new site. And to check out her Patreon site, go to patreon.com slash movementaddict. I'll share both of those links in the footnotes to this episode. It was also interesting to me to talk with a professional who was pursuing an alternative career path. In my last episode with Champions, they all spoke about how they were sustaining themselves as dance professionals through online offerings. Alyssa was frank about her future prospects as a dancer and Honestly, I think she's being really smart and practical. Given how long this pandemic is likely to last, and how long it will take our dance scene to recover, I'm glad she's thinking about another way to sustain herself financially. And I love that she's sticking with something that aligns with her passion for movement. I think she'd be an excellent physical trainer. She's articulate, passionate, and super encouraging and fun. And I can't wait to see how her training in that area influences her teaching and dance over time. Speaking of professionals pursuing another path, I also caught up with Christopher Dumond recently. Chris is another champion dancer, someone who has been dancing from a young age, but he also is a talented musician and sound designer. He went back to school last fall to get a degree in sound design so he could pursue a career in that field. If you want to hear more about that, be sure to check out our interview with Chris in our live show from Bridgetown Swing last fall. In this conversation, I chatted with Chris about his situation during the crisis, how it has impacted his life, and how he is also using Patreon, but in a really unique and interesting way. Two different ways, in fact. So here now is my conversation with the amazing Christopher Dumont. Chris Dumont, welcome back to the show. I haven't talked to you since we did our episode about the Open. But thanks so much for taking the time to talk to me, given everything that's going on, including your own dealings with the pandemic. But also, I know you're still in school, so it's not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I um, I love talking with you, and I'm I'm glad to be back. Awesome. How are you doing in light of this public health crisis? Uh, I mean, just as good as I would say the average person. Like, um. You know, it's just, it's, it's interesting just seeing how everything is evolving from a month ago till now, at least for us, like it, it went from, oh, I was sort of bouncing in between Redlands and, um, Garden Grove, 
which is where my uh, life partner lives. And that's where I'm at now and have been for the past month and a half. And I was bouncing back and forth and I decided, you know what, there was rumors that they're going to start, you know, shutting down and really policing people going outside in, a, you know, LA County, San Bernardino area. And I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll just go, I'll leave, um, and, um, go be with Jules. And, but the thing that sucks too, is like my mom and my grandma, I haven't seen in a month and a half. So, but cause they, they both have, I, I'm pretty sure like if they got it, they would be dead. No doubt in my mind. Because my mom has MS and a botched immune system. My grandma, um, it's been a year and uh, a year and some change since she recovered from almost stage four can- uh, colon cancer. And she's, you know, knocking on 80. Yeah. So, like, both of them, if like, I felt like if I got it, I definitely would, like, my life would change because mm-hmm. um, of the, you know, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? It's like, once you're better, you're still not better. Like, your lungs are still going to be shot or something right. like that. Um, so I know that I would be able to survive and be okay, but if I had brought that home, it would not be, I would, it would be bad. so that that's always been on my mind it sucked but i've i've been able to facetime them and and you know do the virtual human interaction like most of us are doing like how we're doing right now right um but uh i mean other than that what's what's been tough is like i'm definitely an inside person Mm -hmm. so this is kind of like awesome (laughs) In a sense, because I, I, what I've been telling my friends has just been like, you're telling me that the government is saying for us to stay inside. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and and that's been cool for about a month and, uh, and, and a bit. And now I'm starting to like, okay, I feel like I'm doing the same thing. All right, I'm I'm looking at different video games to play, different things like that, different things to do. But even still, it's like okay, it's another video game. Cool, it's another story. Cool. All right, what can we do? Um, so I've been I've been good, but it's it's trying to trying to fill that time with with juggling the stuff that I have to do, like school. Right. So you do have this other big thing in your life right now, which is school. So mm-hmm. unlike a lot of other professionals whose kind of worlds were focused around dance and dance events, you've also been spending a lot of time on your studies. What was your reaction when events started getting canceled? Uh, I was like, when's the next one going kind of mm-hmm. thing. I remember thinking with, when Chicago ended up canceling, and um because seattle canceled i think about a week week and a half before chicago canceled and chicago it was like i i feel like it was 
two or like three or four days before I was going to get on the flight or something like that. Um, and I was just like, I was like, why haven't they canceled? Why haven't they canceled? Cause I was worried for the same sake that I was just saying about my mom and grandma. Cause that's who I would come home to right. after being on a plane and such. So, I mean, I'm kind of, I was in the state of like, once one is once one goes i'm like all right i need to figure out the the future effectively of like how can i at the very least survive yeah and the thing that's really hard right now is because um you know a friend of mine just got who's a dancer got a part-time job at home depot mm-hmm. you know just to make ends meet right and i I'm stuck between a rock and a hard place because I have school that, you know, right now it's taking me, I wake up, I woke up at eight this morning, it's two twenty, and I've been doing school until uh, I've talked to you. And the only time that I've taken a break was lunch. And we're talking at like two, two twenty PM my time. And so it's, it's hard to be like, okay, how do I, how do I get, you know, a, some sort of income to then just even live. Right. And, and like, uh, like most everyone I've been calling for my credit cards to delay my credit cards, mm-hmm. which I will go on the record that Citibank is a terrible bank. Um, they basically said, sweet, we can't do anything. I was, I was, I was like, cool. Literally everything, everyone else, like, um, USAA, American express, everyone's like, um, even my car. Mm -hmm. So like golden one, they were like, we're giving you three months of, um, and and no interest on those months too so it's like all of these companies are doing it but citibank didn't which is fun but it's but it's like what's hard is it was it was already tough before for me because of trying to juggle you know both school and going to the events like it was it was it was hard trying to make ends meet and like looking at my taxes and everything, like the, the ratios were not so hot, (laughs) but, uh, but seeing everything go away, I'm just sort of just keeping my head down. I'm delaying all my payments as much as I can getting as much school in as I can. And who knows, I might have to end up skipping, um, summer summer school because they're still planning on doing summer school which is cool of norco um but i might have to do the part-time job thing like like my friend yeah just to just to make things meet because you have to right does the school offer any reprieve for students like yourself who might not be able to make ends meet in this time um I feel like if you if you had signed up for I believe I think if you had signed up for something 
they're they're at the very least refunding parking, which I think is a no brainer. That's at least 50 bucks in my pocket. Um, trying to think of, uh, what else I I think that they are, I haven't looked into it to be honest with you. Um, but I'm definitely going to look into it for the next semesters coming up of, of if that's going to happen. But I feel like that's like, it's a chain reaction. Like if I don't pay them, then they don't get paid. But if I pay them, then they get paid. And then it all comes for this full circle. That's a tough situation, especially because this was supposed to set you up for an alternative income stream, right? You're making that investment now. Right. Right. So, you know, you said you've been somewhat enjoying, despite the circumstances, enjoying the time at home. Right. (laughs) And spending a lot of your time focused on school. What is your relationship with dance right now? Do you miss it? Are you still finding time to dance and be creative in that space? How are you managing that? I, um, I find myself dancing around the house more Hmm. like, which is, which is really nice. Um, and that's something that I don't think that I did a lot before when I was going to dance events, like at dance events, I would just sort of just dance when I was on the dance floor. Um, but I found myself just sort of when I, when a song's on, I just end up start dancing around versus my going on my normal day so that's more or less been my relationship with it like it's it sucks to say but there's been so much on my mind with school and with you know juggling relationships between family friends significant you know making sure because we're all like our mental uh well-being is always on the fritz because you there's no you you don't know what's going to happen next right. like we don't know what the future holds mm-hmm. we don't know if this is going to be over in you know a month or like you know a year like we don't really have an answer and that's scary when you don't have an answer i think that's just like side tangent but where my mind goes to is like death per se is like you you don't really there's no confirmed thing like you don't, we don't like tangibly, there's nothing that we, that we know mm-hmm. until we get there. And that's where I feel like we're here is, you know, we're on a week to week basis of, we don't know what's coming next. And that's a very scary thing for all of us to be going through mentally and just all so balancing all of that with school and trying to make sure that I have a degree once, once this all ends and I'm still on track and I don't lose time mm-hmm. um, because of this and extend my school career. Um, yeah. When is your scheduled graduation next spring? Like a year from now? Yeah. Originally. Orig- originally a year from now. It, it, the only thing that it would change is I would have to do a fall semester. Right. So I just have to do... Um, another four months effectively. Yeah, I totally get that. I have been talking with others whose motivation or inspiration has waned because our minds are more focused on, I think both what you said, the, the unknowns, mm-hmm. but also the knowns what's right in front of me that I have to do now. Yeah. And for myself, I'm 
fortunate that I do have a job in this time and that I can work from home, but that's been a lot of my time and energy. I mean, it's a full-time job still. So most of the week is that. And then on the weekends, I'm, I'm trying to enjoy the time I have at home with my new cat, with my girlfriend, you know, so there hasn't been a lot of time and space in my life for dance right now. There has to the extent that I have students who I'm looking out for and trying to support them in whatever way I can. But I see their motivation and inspiration lacking because the feeling of why even work on dance when I don't know when I'm going to actually dance with another human being. And it's a, it's a hard time. So I totally get when you say I've just got other things on my mind that are occupying my time and space you know, self-care is really important right now. So even if you're not dancing, it's like, you know what? I just need to like sit and watch TV for two hours and zone out, yeah. play a video game or whatever it is. Yeah, no. And, and I think that's, that's the thing is uh, I found is, you know, we all get so worried and, you know, it's okay to just chill out for a little bit. Yeah. Like take that time. And what's been really nice is um, a lot of us in, um, like the OC area have, we've all been playing Fortnite and literally just like going on and chatting and hanging out. Mm-hmm. And like, I've been able to play with my dad and my brothers who live in Arizona. And that's how we socialize is we just go on for like two, two and a half hours because that's like six or seven games if you're lucky. Right. So that's not bad. So it's like about 30 minutes a game kind of deal. And you just chat, and and it feels like you have a purpose for about two, two and a half hours. Right. Yes. Something to focus on. It's almost like a meditation, because you don't think about anything else. Yeah. You just focus on that. Yeah. So that said, I know that you have been active creatively in the dance space, because you've been leveraging Patreon. Tell us a bit about how you're using that tool and what you've been putting out there. Yeah, Absolutely. So I, I sort of saw that I saw Alyssa first and I, and I saw that she was doing a Patreon and I was like, okay, I'm like, I, and, and, and this time I'm, I'm thinking of what, what can I do? Like, what is it in my head that I can do to, to, to have, to have something and give something. Mm-hmm. And, um, I started seeing, seeing other things like sprout up of, like Philippe and Flora have been doing stuff. Um, ben and Cameo have been doing stuff. Sean and Cord have been doing stuff. Like, um, you know, with the summits that Tashina and Cameo and like our dance global, like they're doing a lot of very dance, I feel like drill focused situation um, or sharing videos of dancing, like how, how this has been doing. Um, so I saw a lot of a lot of that like, geared towards that, and then there's I I know Westy Pro, right? So Westy Pro having that there's that platform of getting your videos critiqued, mm-hmm. and this is where I inevitably put two and two together of like, okay, what if I took all of my old videos of me dancing and effectively showcasing different stages and routines in my life and Westy pro it mm-hmm. for people to see. And 
because I feel like one, a lot of people, um, I think it's hard to it's it's hard for people to see like a champion level dancer and then see them at the beginning and be like, oh, wait a minute, are you ki- wait are you kidding right now? You know what I mean? Because I feel like that's like when I was when I watched my first routine. Man, it was it was bad, <laughs> but but I I wanted it to be a, a, essentially a platform where if you are a teacher that you are seeing either you know a baby beginner uh, regardless of age, so if they're young or if they're old, anything in between, of what do you see? How how would I maybe approach that or say change that or you know, give positive things like, okay, this was good and that sort of thing. So I effectively just Westy and Westy proing my entire dance <laughs> career mm-hmm. at the moment. And, um, I have my first two episodes up of each. So that's the dance journey series. So I have effectively two different series that I'm doing. So the dance journey series is what I just explained. And, um, I have the first two episodes up, which is um, my first ever West Coast routine, which was with Leah Sukenik. And no one knows who that is because she just did that routine and then bounced. Um, and so I just Westy Pro that. It took me, I think it was the 30-minute episode. And then the next episode was Nicole and I dancing at Top Cats, also known as the Clubhouse also known as atomic um, placentia for a while. Uh, but at Top Cats in 2010, I think. And I was in intermediate. So I, I effectively talk about like, oh, how does, the, why is this dance intermediate? What can this dance can make it advanced? And that sort of thing. And I just go and look in all of my habits of, oh, maybe don't do that maybe do this. That was cool, but maybe do that instead. So that's, uh, just having that visualization and, and it's been really nice for me, kind of therapeutic in a way of going back and, and looking at the humble beginnings of me, um, as like a 13, 14 year old kid doing West coast. And, um, it's been fun. Um, a lot of people have been liking that series and subscribing to that series, which I very much appreciate. But the other one, which I'm part, you know how, when you say that, you know, when you have more than one kid that you don't have a favorite and it's a lie. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, that's, that's effectively this, like my, my favorite is the music insight, which is I'm going through edits that I've done and I am, effectively showing how I did it Hmm. and what caused this to make that and what caused this to make that. So the first episode I did was Nicole and I's wrecking ball routine, which is our very last juniors routine in 2013. And, um, was actually the first West coast routine I ever cut was that song. So I figured might as well start at the beginning. And then I actually started at the end for the second episode uh, with, I did bury a friend and I just released that episode, um, for that. So it's just, it's like talking about 
what makes a good routine song, why, why I did these things, um, you know, the cre- effectively the creative choices of making that edit and then also sort of showing how I do it. Cause I, I use a screen capture software, so they're in the project with me mm-hmm. and they get to see everything that I do. That's awesome. What I really like about both of those, and I know Alyssa's trying to do something similar where she's trying to expose not just her art, but the process of making it. Yeah. And I think there's something not just educational about what you're doing, but it's it's that peek behind the curtain. I'm always personally more interested, I think, in the creative process and the outcome. <laughs> Certainly with writers, I know any chance I get to sit with a writer, I'm like, okay, but how do you get from this idea in your head to like putting it on paper? Yeah. The first step. I get how you might revise it, but like, what's that stage? And I think what you're doing really lets people see the process from, uh, particularly with the music and how you're creating, but even with the dance videos, it's almost like watching the director's cut of your own dance. <laughs> um, yeah. To, to see not just how it got put together, but your reflections on it and what you've learned from it and, and what people can learn from your experience. Yeah. I mean, I never really thought about it that way, but that's a great way to put it. It's like, it's like a director's cut. And not just the director's cut of looking back and how it was made, but also what have you learned from that? Right. And that's to me is the the educational piece of that. Yeah. Is people can walk away learning from your experience, not just that they get to watch what you went through, but what can they maybe think about themselves based on what you saw in yourself. So I think that's a really cool, unique way of, providing educational content or even just entertaining content in a yeah. time like this. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like the reason I, uh, I put the, I put the dance journey as $5 a month and you get two episodes mm-hmm. each month. And I'm like, effectively you're paying two, $2 and 50 cents for me to talk about myself. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I, I just wanted it to be entertaining first and foremost, because like maybe keep things positive, keep things light, mm-hmm. and having having it be educational as well. And yeah. that's that's been my goal since creating it and starting it. And you know, Jules helped me a lot with with writing um, and creating the actual Patreon page, which mm-hmm. I'm super appreciative of. And I. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see. I don't know what I'm going to do for the next episode, but that's in five <laughs> days, so I better get on that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if, if anyone wants to go check it out, the first two episodes are free. So Excellent. the so the first so there the first episode of each series, mm-hmm. I should say, is free. Yeah, um, that's awesome. How do you see yourself continuing this both during this pandemic because we don't know how long it's going to last. My personal guess is a year to two kind of minimum. So it could be a long time. Um, so how do you see yourself continuing through this time where we're not gathering at events, but then also how do you see yourself using it beyond that? I think the more the, this is something that um, Jules, the wise person that she is, even though she's only a month older than me, <laughs> Um, she says like, the more you do it, the more it's going to become comfortable and the more, the the easier it'll be to shape. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that like the goal at at the beginning is showcase what it's like to be a baby beginner. And yes, you can make it to champ Mm -hmm. and it's possible. Um, but it's just, I think just sharing, I think that's, that's something that uh, we've slowly, but surely over the past few years, um, have, have started doing where I felt like when I first started as a junior, everything was very like, I don't know. It seemed like to me, um, everything was super, you know, behind closed doors. You don't really know what goes on. You know, we hear stories of, um, like certain individuals sharing uh, very openly and taking people aside and saying, Hey, like, this is how you do the thing. Or like, we've all heard those stories, which are awesome. But I think with now the online platform and how people are coming out with free classes and that sort of thing, um, people are sharing more, mm-hmm. um, and showing behind the curtain. So I think just the goal of that and, and going forward is maybe just, showing that you're like that we are human showing that there's you know chinks in the armor like not everything i say is gold (laughs) like you know what i mean like i still have plenty to learn and i'm learning through the process of me doing these videos and Mm -hmm. you know eventually i'm gonna run out of edits for me to do because i'm gonna ask for people you know um i still have to do that i have to ask to see if like permission uh if i can use that because i've only done you know 10 10 routines or 11 routines something like that it's like that's only what two and a half months of content right four and a half months of content but like i think eventually i'll just start showcasing the stuff that i've been doing for school in Mm. the music insight series of like hey like Maybe not just West Coast routines, but hey, guess what? This is what you do for, you know, like how I've just been doing, um, we discussed before we started recording, of my midterm project is syncing and doing fully music, everything for this, you know, uh, video clip that I got a minute of. And it's like this person journeying through, you know, the desert and the jungle and then the, like the Alps, you know, going through all these places and adding the wind, adding the crunch of the snow, adding all of these different elements. So it might evolve to that. I, mm-hmm. I don't, I'm not, I don't want to restrict it. I just right. like anything music insights. And I have plenty of dance videos out there that I'm pretty sure I'm not going to run out of content <laughs> for the next like four years. Yeah. If I do two episodes a month. Right. Because I want to showcase everything, so I'm I'm probably gonna I'm, I mean the feature of it is showcase you know when I did recitals, you know for the dance studio, not just West Coast. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be. That's why I called it Dance Journeys. I don't want it to just be about West Coast. It's right. about me as a dancer and how vi- like visually you can see and what. I, I try and give a little bit of backstory of, you know, stuff that I remember from that time. And then I sh- sort of just showcase like, Oh, this is maybe what I would tell them to work on next mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, I mean, that's the, I would say the future is very, very open. I know that's a very like around bent away to answer your question. <laughs> um, 
but it's just i don't know i don't want to limit it i want it to be everything yeah I, especially the music because that's my that's my favorite yeah <laughs> has this pandemic shifted your thoughts about your future career i mean given that you're in school now to already kind of pursue an alternative track or alternative to dance has this changed your thoughts about your future not really Mm -hmm. like i already know that uh, like this like sound is what i want to do like i mean it's very obvious i love dance but i said that my favorite child is music you know as far as my series right so like that has to play into a factor of I really, really enjoy this and I really enjoy this. So I, I definitely want to go more the music route and whether that's like doing Foley, like how I was saying, like with, with things most likely going virtual for the foreseeable future, there's going to be people that have to design all of the sounds for that. So I've been looking very heavily into the sound designer field for like video games and maybe animated films, that sort of thing. Cause those like production schedules are just fine. Yeah. But, uh, and like you can release those digitally and people don't have to go to movie theaters. So economy is not quite correct on that. Right. I mean, the people have to make the money in order to see the movie. <laughs> right. But it's like, um, I don't know. That's, that's more or less the direction it hasn't shifted a lot. Cause I know from, you know, the previous semester that I was super into when we had the video project, I was like, Oh my gosh, I'm so excited kind of thing. So as of right now, that's where I'm looking at. I don't know what the next year will hold for me in that, you know, space of learning and figuring out what I want to do. Um, but for right now, that's, those are the projects that I'm most excited for in doing is, is creating the sound effects, doing the Foley and, and all that stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. What do you think are some of the impacts this pandemic may have on our dance community in the long run? Oh man. I think in the long run, we'll be okay. It's like plain and simple. Like, um, we will be okay. Like we'll bounce back. It might be a slow burn as far as getting events back to the, the big, the big sizes that they were Mm -hmm. because, you know, I mean, I feel like this is the first time, anyone has really experienced anything like this that is living right that we can talk to right and um i I think that people will just be a little skeptical once we get back into being able to be around each other and being able to physically touch one another while we dance and I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are still going to be, have a little bit of that fear of, is it really, you know, over kind of situation. And I think that that's the only thing that might hurt things like short term once things are over. 
um, air quotes. I just realized I can't, you can't hear that. <laughs> you can't hear my fingers doing bunny rabbits. Uh, but you know, it's, I think that's the only thing that's really gonna like effectively have that get the train moving. Like the train's going to go slow at the beginning, but eventually it's just going to go like how it normally goes right. at the normal speed. So I, that's the only really foreseeable thing that I can see that the community is going to, you know, maybe go through. Mm-hmm. I think that the pros that are, you know, the, uh, the pros that are here that, I mean, that are doing all of these amazing things, either behind the scenes as event directors or DJs, you know, like Kuichi and Victor and Ruby and like, they're like, I know that Kuichi's like st- been streaming. There's been like Jack and a, and a bunch of other DJs that, uh, gosh, I know that I'm going to forget a bunch. I probably shouldn't have named them, <laughs> but, um, yeah, like there's all these people that are live streaming music and um, or doing you know DJ seminars and that sort of thing. And like the people that are here that care about the community are here for the community and they're here to stay. And I don't think that's going to change from pandemic to non-pandemic. So I don't I don't really see necessarily faces going away. I, I think that the faces are here to stay, but I do think that the one thing as far as a positive is uh, people, I think, will appreciate and love everything more. Mm-hmm. Because that's something that really taught me. Um, like, I just drove outside to the grocery store and I, roll, and I had my windows rolled down and... I just feeling the breeze, having my arm out the window, like when I was a kid and like doing the, like the waving thing with my hand, like it was an airplane, you know what I mean? Like just doing stupid stuff like that and just seeing the trees like blow back and forth. I just, I think it as, as humans, I think we'll appreciate life a lot more after this, but as a community, I think we'll appreciate each other and the dance and, just everything more mm-hmm. because a lot of the stuff maybe goes, you know, with, with having everything so saturated as far as, you know, the events and how much it was getting uh, to where there's two, three events on the same weekend. Right. And now I think people will be like, Oh, these are all the things that all of these events are doing for us versus kind of being numb to this is the norm. Right of like, oh, this is normal that this all of this stuff happens. But it's like, no, someone has to do that. Someone has to think of that. Someone has to make sure that it happens and forces it. So that way, you know, the make sure the waters are water's always filled up, you know. Uh, make sure make sure it's cold. Mm-hmm. <laughs> make sure the AC is good. So that way we can all enjoy and be comfortable dancing. You know, like those are very, very little things that I feel like a lot of us usually just complain about, oh, the ballroom's too cold. (laughs) Where's my water? You know, I think that it's just going to be like a little bit more appreciative. I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah. I think distance makes the heart grow fonder. But what has been really interesting to me is I don't hear people being like, well, I missed my chance to get points 
<laughs> right? <laughs> Nobody's saying, man, I really miss getting all dressed up and putting on a bib and lining up and getting judged all weekend. That's not what I'm hearing. People miss the interpersonal connection, both physical in terms of dance itself and the interpersonal connection in terms of friendships. People are yeah. reaching out and connecting with one another. And I think, you know, as you said, kind of appreciating everything a little bit more. I think they're also appreciating the things that matter more. You know, yeah. people are redefining their priorities. And I'm looking forward to getting back to a dance world where we are more focused on connecting with one another, both on and off the dance floor. And a little less, like you said, kind of numb. You know, I feel like we we get in the routine of going to these events and it becomes rote. Mm -hmm. You know, okay, oh, it's Friday night and now it's Saturday. I'm going to do my Jack and Jill's. And, you know, I think we just, we did it almost automatically. And I think now yeah. we're going to be a lot more cognizant of what we're doing and why we're doing it and what it means to us. So I agree with you. I hope those kind of things stick with our community in the long run once we get back to dancing again. Yeah, I, d I definitely think that it will. So with that, because that's a great hopeful message to end on, <laughs> uh, I'm going to thank you, Chris, for taking the time to chat with me today for sharing your experience. I know it, everybody's going through something different, but I appreciate hearing what you're going through and for sharing what you're doing and what you're putting out there for our community. I do think it's really unique. I think it's really interesting. I've been seeing you post about it, but I've yet to check it out because personally I've just been focused on other things, but I'm actually really curious to go watch a couple episodes now. So I think I'm going to go do that. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's always a pleasure. I, I love chatting with you and um, for anyone that's listening, just stay safe and, and both mentally and physically. You too. And if you ever want to do one of your edits on the Naked Truth theme song <laughs> and how much hell I gave you in the creative process, we can talk about that too sometime. <laughs> All right, Chris, be well, and I'll hopefully talk to you soon. You as well. Talk to you soon. Chris is not only a super nice guy, but he's super creative too. How cool that he's going back through his own routines and competitions and other performances and giving us an inside look at them and reflecting on what to learn from them. I watched the first episode of his Dance Journey series, and he really goes in-depth with these videos, combing through each one, almost moment by moment, for things to correct or observe. It was really fascinating to hear him dissect his own routine with a technical eye, but also his easygoing demeanor and sense of humor. I encourage people to check out his series and his Music Insight series by going to his Patreon site at patreon.com slash Christopher Dumond. I'll include that link and a link to his website in the footnotes as well. When the outbreak first hit our community, I remember having a conversation with a couple of different people about the long-term impacts. And I don't remember who it was, but someone mentioned to me that we may lose some pros as they pursue other careers during this time. I'm not sure if that's right, but I can see how it might be. For one thing, pros like Alyssa may seek other things and find themselves with less time for West Coast Swing. For another, as events die and shrink in size over the next couple of years, there will probably be less opportunities for pros to get hired, which may then force some of them to find other work anyway. 
It will be interesting to see if and how the landscape of professionals changes and how they sustain their livelihoods after this pandemic ends. But what do you think? Have you been taking online courses? Have you subscribed to Alyssa, Chris, Courtney, and Sean, or anyone else on Patreon? How long do you think online opportunities will last, and what do you think will make these things successful in the long run? How do you think this pandemic will affect our Pantheon of professionals in the next few years? Share your thoughts on this episode with me and your fellow listeners. You can post a comment on our website, you can respond to our posts on Facebook, or you can share your thoughts in our discussion group on Facebook. You can also email me at thenakedtruthwcs.com or through our Facebook page. To get the latest news, you can like our page on Facebook, subscribe to our weekly email newsletter, follow us on Instagram at thenakedtruthwcs, or help us hit 100 followers on Twitter by following us there at NakedTruthWCS. Don't forget this podcast is here to help our community stay connected, so please share your pandemic experience with me and your fellow listeners. Go to thenakedtruthwcs.com slash COVID for instructions on how to contact me. That's thenakedtruthwcs.com slash C-O-V-I-D. And please subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I've made all of our episodes from the very first one available for you to catch up, re-listen, or share with someone new. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave us a review on Facebook. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you can rate us and give us a review over on Apple Podcasts. More importantly, please be safe, healthy, and well. Thank you so much for listening. My name is Eric, and that's The Naked Truth. And I really liked that because it's like, oh, everything can literally change. Oh, oh cat. Hi, yeah. Say hi to Yay. Nora. Nora oh. joined us about a, a month ago. Oh, oh, she just, she just, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, cool. She just cleared my screen. Yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>